I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my
we pray I just want us to think about that let's just stand in his presence Lord oh it's such an honor it's such an honor to stand in your presence it's such a privilege to be here Lord let us not take this lightly or for granted Lord we just know that all things are from you Lord and that we're looking for you for help for healing for everything that that you have for us Lord we just we just want to lay back into your arms and let you do the handling, let you do the heavy lifting. Lord, let us get our minds off of anything else but onto you. Open our hearts that we might hear from you, that we might hear your word, that, that the Lord would speak through our, through our preacher today and, and just make a difference in our lives. Let us take it into our hearts and change our lives, Lord. We just thank you for this opportunity to be here. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus, amen. We thank you so much for being here. Everybody just shake hands and welcome everybody. Morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Good? Good. It's good to see everybody. Uh, what a week. What a week. Well, hey, Rachel. <laughs> this week I've been to two funerals and a wedding. Feels like a, mo a movie title, doesn't it? <laughs> two funerals and a wedding. Uh, it's been a busy week. Obviously, I came here to the funeral Friday morning. Got done and uh, went to Skillet Fork Grill and ate. Saw somebody there that I hadn't seen in a while. We talked for an hour and a half. Somebody that's part of this body, I have no idea who your name is. You blessed me and bought my meal. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 
And then I went home because eating is sometimes a workout. And I needed a nap. So I took a nap. Probably a good 40, 45 minutes. And uh, up until that point, I had nothing to preach for this morning. And I woke up. Felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Started, I got up my laptop, started typing as quickly as I could. And about 45 minutes later, I had a sermon ready for today. So, praise God. I, I believe he told me at the beginning of the week to wait until after Jackson's funeral to put together a sermon for today. And I believe there's good reason for that. <clears throat> the title of the sermon today is, What Now? My grandfather loves to have questions for his sermon titles. Because when you read the Bible, you ask questions. And in this time that this church has faced this week, it's, it's no different. There are many questions. Maybe we're all individually facing. But the Holy Spirit is so awesome that he can answer all of them here today. So if you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 6. I'm going to start with verse 60. The other funeral I went to on Tuesday was my good friend, Pastor Dion Dutton, who lived in Harrisburg. That church was packed too, but at 78 years old and all the lives he had touched, we all, it was like a big reunion of people who just love on Jesus. And he, since he was an old-timey preacher, we sang some old-timey hymns over in the glory land. Peace, peace, songs that were sang a long time before I was born. And it was awesome. We honored that man. <clears throat> John chapter 6, verse 60. We're going to read about 10 verses. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, well, what's this? First of all, what's this? All of John chapter 6, Jesus is speaking to a crowd and he's saying some things that are very difficult to process. He says, I am the bread of life. He says things that the crowd kind of challenges. And at the end, he has more than just his 12 disciples. There's a lot more disciples there that have followed him. He, he's an attractive personality, obviously, because he's charismatic. He speaks with authority. And when you see a guy cast out demons from people and heal people, you want to follow him. And so when he had kind of summarized everything to this crowd, some of his disciples said, you know, some of these things you're saying are difficult. This is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. And he was saying, for this reason I have said to you, that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. These are the four verses I really want to focus on. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
You have words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. There's two perspectives in in that conversation there. You've got the perspective of, of Peter. That's the one I've always heard preached on. Jesus says, are you guys going to leave me too? He says, where else can we go? Where else can we go? And we've got a lot of questions here today. After what happened. And we can question our faith. And if you're like me, you look inward and you say, well, what did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong? And the answer to that is nothing. Nobody did anything wrong in this situation with Jackson. And presented with the same set of circumstances, I would pray again, I would fast again, and I would unite with my brothers and sisters again in prayer like we did that one Sunday. I would do it all over again. Because the reality is this. Until Jesus comes, death is going to happen. Disease is going to happen. And when those times occur, I want my brothers and sisters in Christ to unite with me and not be afraid. If we question our faith, we, we say, is Jesus worth following anymore? He didn't come through like we thought he would. I faced this challenge after my own mother died. Am I going to continue to follow after Jesus? Well, what's the alternative? Going back to our sinful lives? Going back to following every decision that we would make on our own? What a mess that was, right? There's no choice. I have decided to follow Jesus, and there is no turning back. So whom else can we go? He's got the words of life. All we got to do is is read this book and you'll find out that it speaks to you on more than one occasion. No matter what season you're in. And it can be a really tough season where you're questioning things and he will speak to you. And it's okay to question things. It's okay to ask him what is going on here. What do I need to learn? The more open, the more honest you are, the more he'll speak to you with clarity. I was so proud of Pastor Rick on Friday for getting up here and being honest. Letting out that moan that came from his gut. If you've lost a loved one before, you can relate. And we've all lost loved ones before, so we know what that sense of loss feels like. But I can't imagine what it's like to lose a child. And so I continue to pray for them. The lesson we can learn from this is to continue to pray for pastors. Continue to pray for their wives or their spouses. Because there might be a a woman that preaches, so I don't want to leave them out. I have a husband. The other perspective I thought of while reading this passage of scripture is the perspective of Jesus. And this is one I'd never thought of until I I went out for a run, then I walked. 
this week. There you go. Starting to, I was looking down at this and I was deciding it needs to go down. So I'd start out on a run and then I would walk and once I caught my breath, I would pray as I walked. I was thinking about these scriptures. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, are you going to leave too? Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. So in this moment right here, the Bible says he is tempted in every way that we were. He too is doubting that he's the son of God. Later on in his life, before he goes to the cross, he's in the garden and he prays, if it's your will, take this away. There's some questioning happening. If you're a St. Louis Cardinal fan like me, and you were disappointed the other night when they blew a six-run lead, you've been watching, you've been seeing these commercials and then they even have the little ad behind home plate. And it's on every MLB stadium. They show it. It's got a little website and it says, he gets us. It's about Jesus. There's this large campaign that people have dumped money into to really push the gospel. And they present life situations that people are facing now. And he says, they say, you know what? Jesus faced this too. He gets us. You see, even in a situation like this, he gets us. He knows us. And so he sees all those other disciples leave and he says, I don't know if I'm following God's will for my life. And so he's frustrated. And he looks at the 12 who stayed and he said, are you going to leave too? Peter comforts him when he says, where else do we go? Who else do we listen to? You have the words of life. We believe you are the Holy One of God, the Son of God. He gets us. So what now? As we did before, we do now. We look to Jesus. When he feels the farthest, he's actually the closest. He's just waiting for us to ask him to comfort us. We talked last week about the Holy Spirit being our helper. He's our comforter. He's our friend and he's ready for us just to ask, will you comfort me in this situation? Our faith is being tested and it will constantly be tested. We need to stand firm. We need to stand firm. The work of God's kingdom will continue. When I was uh, working at Morthland College in West Frankfurt, it's now shut down. <clears throat> when I first started there, we had chapel services once a week. I was in charge of those and would speak at most of them. And after a couple weeks, I had a guy come and visit me in my office. One of the students, he was a baseball player from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And he said, man, I just, just want, wanted to introduce myself. 
That's a good southern thing to do. Me, being from Illinois, from the north, I was like, why? <laughs> I knew he was just being polite. He said, man, I just, I just feel like I needed to come by and say hi and tell you my name and all that. And I said, that's great, dude. You know, we talked a little bit. and He was 20, 21. And he said, yeah. I said, well, do you live here on campus? He said, no, I, I live in Benton because my girlfriend lives with me, and, and we got a kid. I said, man, that's, I relate, man. I'm a dad. I had two kids at the time. We really connected there. He said, you know, when you, you talk about your kids and your messages, I connect with that. I said, man, that's great. I said, are you going to marry her? He said, ah, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? He said, I'm just not really sure. I said, you got a kid with her. I think you've decided already. He said, I, I don't know if he'd want that. I said, I've never met her before, but I know she wants that. That's pretty gutsy of me to say that, wasn't it? <laughs> I was relying on my, at that time, five years of marriage and two kids to really come through with some experience. <laughs> I said, let me teach you a little lesson here about women, man. She wouldn't move all the way up here from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, just to be your baby mama. She wants to be your wife, and she loves you. He goes, I, I don't know if she'll go for it. I said, let me tell you what. You go home. You tell her that we want to feed you dinner. This is before I even talk to my wife. We're going to feed you dinner, and we're going to talk her into it. How about that? I don't know. I don't know. I said, what do you think about it? Sometimes you've got to let the Holy Spirit kind of work on people. So a couple weeks later, he came to me. He said, you know, we've been talking at home about what you said. That always makes you nervous. Was it good? Was it bad? <laughs> what happened here? He said, uh, can we come over for dinner Thursday night? Absolutely. Came home, gave Jenna the rundown. They came over to our house. We met their little boy. He's a little redheaded kid, sweet, a little rotten at times, but who isn't? We just fell in love with their family. We just loved on them. We discipled them. We talked about the Bible with them. We talked about marriage. Even through the time where mom died and we had her funeral, a couple weeks later, this guy came to me and said, hey, we, we'd like to be married. We, we want to do a big ceremony and everything down in Baton Rouge, but we'd like to just make it official here. Would you do it? I said, of course I would. I told you I would. So they go get a marriage license, and four days before Christmas that year, we do their wedding with about eight people in the room. As far as I know, they never had their big ceremony down in Baton Rouge, but they've been married for over five years now. They've got three, four kids. Three, three kids now. They're doing awesome. I haven't caught up with them in a while. I, I need to, I'm, I'm horrible at that. When I move away some, from someplace or somebody moves away from me to, to, to follow up with them, but they're doing amazing. 
Even after that pain and that loss in my life, I was able to minister to them and there's been fruit from it. There's a time to grieve and we need to grieve. This church needs to grieve and then we need to let God heal us. Now, when it comes to Pastor Rick and Sarah, it's going to take a lot longer for them than it will us. And we're going to need to be patient. And we're going to need to love on them. And most, 100% of the time on their terms. But I trust their faith is strong and firm. And they will look to Jesus. And they will allow him to work on their hearts. And heal them. And we can be part of that process too by just encouraging them. Maybe giving them space when they need it most and understanding when something may trigger them and having memories about their son. We can do that. We can be their support and we will be their support. Our faith has to be tested over the course of our life. If it's not, we won't ever believe for more. If we're not tested, we won't become more like Jesus, which is what his ultimate goal is, to make us more like him. And he was tested big time, over and over again. Look at Job 23.10. This is what happens when we're tested. Job was tested too. He's a great example of a man who was tested and he trusted in God time and time again. Job 23.10, this is Job speaking. He says, but he knows the way I take and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Our faith can become like gold. Actually, better than gold. I'd rather have a, a great faith in Jesus than gold any day. In fact, Peter shows us this as well in 1 Peter 1.7. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire test and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ Jesus is revealed to the whole world. Here's the great thing about a firm faith. When you have it, then you have hope. And when you have something to hope in, it's really easy to love on God and love on people. It all goes back to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. We, we think so... Uh, I'm going to try hard to explain this and keep it simple. We think in in an American way, which is very linear. Two plus two equals four, right? Two plus six equals eight. Equations, we think in a line. But Middle Eastern culture, Jewish culture, they think very circular. Okay? So... You can't have hope without a firm faith. 
And then you can't love without having hope. Because if your, your hope is killed, you're not going to love on people. And you're not going to love on God. In the same way, you can't have faith unless you have love. And it just keeps going round and round, right? It's not really a cycle. It's all just interconnected. And that's the beauty of it. Because it's a lot higher than something we can think of. And it's really making my brain hurt right now thinking of it. And if I've made your brain hurt, I apologize. Our faith will be tested. And we need to make sure that our firm foundation is in Jesus. We need to have a foundation in him. My friend, Pastor Dion, uh, one of the guys that spoke at his funeral, quoted one of his favorite sayings from every time he preached. And it's, it's stuck with me all week. I was born in the fire, so the smoke won't do. <laughs> and he would get to going, and he would say that. I was born in the... He, was, he grew up in Cave and Rock. So right across from Kentucky, had that southern drawl. I was born in the fire, so the smoke won't do. What he meant was, I need the Holy Spirit power in my life, so anything that's, you know, stomped out just isn't going to cut it. It's the same thing with our faith. We need that fire to test us so that the fire can get stronger, not so that it gets put out by Satan and into smoke. I was born in the fire, so the smoke won't do. Man, I've been trying to think of a way all week to put that phrase in this sermon, and I found it. Praise God. I know we focused on our pastor and his wife and his family. And we're going to continue to pray for them. But there's some of you that are facing some things in this, in this life as well. Your faith is being tested. So I know I haven't preached long. Worship team, come back up. We're going to go right into altar time. We're going to pray for people. And the altar time isn't going to be specific at all. Just promise me this, when you come up here, don't bring no smoke. (laughs) Would you stand with me? It was raining when I pulled in this morning. And my wife goes, where's the umbrella? I said, I don't know if we have one in here. I said, I don't think it's raining that hard. Between me saying that and us getting out of the car, it started raining harder. My kids sprint to the front door. Excuse me. I just walk. (laughs) There's something awesome about a summer rain, isn't there? There's that heat. All of a sudden, you get a little relief, although we know that the humidity's coming. Praise God. Sometimes when we're facing situations like this, we need a little relief. We need our brothers and sisters to come around us and pray for us.
Maybe we just need to go to the altar and get it all out before, before Jesus. So whatever you need prayer for today, we're going to pray for you. There's no specific thing. If you need healing, we're going to pray for you to be healed. If you need to accept Jesus as your Savior, we will gladly pray for you. If you just want more of God, we're going to pray for you. Altars are open. And if none of that applies to you, worship team's going to sing. And I encourage you to worship God with all your heart. Altars are open. Seated on your throne of grace, it's only by your mercy we are saved. Lord, you have said, if we call upon your name, we and our families will be
Thanks for coming out today. We needed it as a church body, didn't we? Amen. And we're going to need each other more and more as the day goes on. As the days go on, the years go on, we're going to need each other more and more. God's so good. No matter what, man. No matter what, keep following after him. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this church body. Thank you for the friendships, the support that is so evident here. God, as we go forward this week to our separate houses, to our separate jobs, be with each of us. Help us to have your Holy Spirit presence inside of us and coming out of us to those around us. God, put people in our path that we can lead to you. Put people in our path that we can at least invite to church. Help us to have a successful week, oh God. Lord, again, we pray for Pastor Rick, Sarah, and Brylin. Comfort them during this time, oh God. We pray that your peace and your presence would surround them even now. Wherever they're at, Lord God, that you would just minister to them. And God, that they would continue to trust in you. And Lord, the hard questions that they have, I pray that you would answer them. You would speak to them almost audibly by your Holy Spirit. God, move in their lives. We pray for your extended family as well. All the aunts and uncles, cousins, grandpas and grandmas. Be with them, oh God. Bring them your peace. Thank you, God, for this congregation, for allowing us to meet together once again. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're not dismissed? Sent. Have a good week.